Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 124 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and you made it. It's Wednesday, hump day. You guys are halfway there. All right, let's get right to the guest. Today, my guest is Brendan Bayard. He is the creative director at Tilt in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. During this episode, we talk about how skateboarding and comic books was sort of his intro to design. He really remembers the sticker sheets from skate shops and uh, a magazine by the name of Thrasher, which I have heard before on the show, Thrasher Magazine. We also get into stories about his first design job and how he got canned. He got fired from that design job. And then later on, he tells us a funny story that, that one of the partners at the firm he is with now, it was that boss that canned him back in the day, 15 years in between. So lots of growth for everybody. He also tells us the learning curve of joining Tilt Labs. It was a bit of a different role for him there. And uh, he shares a story about a start to finish design and packaging success story that he led right from start and all the way to acquisition. It got acquired. And that is a good feeling. Those stories and so much more in this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. My guest, Brendan Bayard. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Brendan, how are you, sir? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's exciting. I've never done one of these. So hopefully it goes all right. <laughs> awesome. If it goes horrible, you'll be the first to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make me look good or sound good. Awesome. Um, I first got to ask, are you ready for a quickie? Uh, uh I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, and I always ask the hardest question first. So briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, my name is Brendan Bayard. I have been doing graphic design for since 2001, I guess is when I graduated college and started doing it full time. Mm -hmm. I worked at an agency um, for 15 years until I joined up with uh, a couple of friends to partner in their business. And now I'm kind of learning the role of uh, entrepreneur, uh, business owner at the same time as well, managing my daily work. Got it. And so are you a solopreneur at Tilt or do you have a partner as well? So I have uh, three other business partners, actually. So we're, uh, you know, we're not super small, but we're not big. I think we're 12 people. So oh, right on. we have multiple uh, disciplines, if you will. We have a, like a web group. We have a, a social group. We do the packaging. That's kind of where I dabble in mostly. We have the branding and, uh, you know, everything that's fun, basically, is what we try to stick to. Very cool. Okay. So Tilt has been going for how long now? Uh, they started in 2005, and I joined the team a little over three years ago. Okay, perfect. So definitely some history there. Um, so I want to learn a little bit more about this journey to where you're at now, and I want to start with your childhood, and I want to hear what that was like, and if you feel that you had a creative childhood, and what made it that way? 
I think I, I would say that I had a creative childhood. I, uh, you know, I, I was listening to a couple of these podcasts before the show, and I think there's a, a broken record of the uh, kid that's into skateboarding becomes graphic designer. <laughs> so uh, uh, I will say that that was part of it. At the same time, uh, I used to uh, go over to the comic book shop, and I used to you know, get drugged to different used bookstores with my mom when she was turning in uh, bags full of romance novels to uh, get new ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and just kind of looking through old bookstores and finding cool stuff. Uh, there was uh, there was old stamp shops where we would go and uh, just kind of see these weird eclectic places where you could dabble in, uh, you know, coin collecting, stamp collecting, and those were all about kind of the visual appeal of all those kind of uh, collectibles and, you know, really noticed all that stuff, you know, collecting garbage bill kids. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things that I could point to. Definitely. And that all sort of gave you a, a you know, a peak in an intro and piqued your interest in the design direction. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So were your parents designers? Did you have family members that were designers or did you come upon this thing yourself? Uh, my dad was an engineer and my mom was a, microbiologist and I was never really forced into any peg or anything like that. I was just kind of left to free will. I, my parents always encouraged, I think architecture. So I, uh, they knew that I was creative and I mm -hmm. was always in art and stuff in school, but, uh, I guess the pragmatic side of them was like, let's get a career. And they're like, maybe you'd be good at architecture. So I, I did that. I, uh, got into the architecture program and then I quickly uh, quit after being introduced to the history of art by a, a fellow skateboarder in college. And I really fell in love with that. That's kind of where I turned, if you will. Very cool. Okay. I like how you took us to that moment there. Um, what was that moment, though, where you first started noticing design out in the world? What, what really jumped out to you? What did you first start to see? Um. I mentioned garbage pail kits earlier, but then there was also these things called wacky packages. And they were kind of like where they took the version of, you know, Brillo pads and they changed it to something else or they changed, they take like a main brand, if you will, like yeah. Coca-Cola and they would change the name of it and kind of make it gross or make it funny. And I, <laughs> I kind of started noticing packaging and branding and, and as a young kid and start doodling in my, uh, all over my homework per pages and uh, turning in tests with doodles in the corners. And I guess uh, everybody started to notice my love of that at that time. Cool. Okay. That's the second time on the show in a hundred and some odd episodes um, where Wacky Pack has been mentioned. The other time it was um, for a Campbell soup can. Yeah, Campbell, yeah. Campbell soup version of it. There's all kinds of things. I couldn't point to one thing, but that's one that stuck out, I guess. Got it. Um, so now I would like to hear, Brendan, what stands out to you? Maybe it was the Wacky Pack. I don't know. What stands out as the most influential um, design of your life so far? Oh, man. Uh, I guess all the sticker pages that you used to get at the skateboard shop, like the Jim Phillips kind of Santa Cruz collection yeah. of all the cool stuff with the flaming skulls and the you know, I, I mean, there was so much good stuff back then. Uh, Thrasher magazine was just kind of like a eye candy galore of you know custom type and uh, illustrative stuff, and uh, just all the even the editorial spreads and layouts. 
uh, were all done to make you want to dive into that world and just mm-hmm. kind of be a part of it any small way that you could. So that's the stuff that really lit your creative fire with that and really stuck with you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I used to, you know, getting toys as a kid, you would take the time to look at the packaging that the He-Man figure came in and read mm-hmm. the back. And I mean, anything really, uh, I guess if you just started noticing the craft and the print and the, I mean, I can just still remember like the, uh, the plastic kind of shell that held the action figure on. And then on the back, there'd be like a little book that came behind him. And totally. it was all kinds of tchotchke stuff that, that lent to that design, uh, stuff that really drove the fire to make you want to be part of that world. Yep, definitely. I was a big action figure guy. So I remember getting, you know, the Batmobile packaging and, you know, how that was put in there and how you could interact with it through the packaging and just made you want that product so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Brendan, who are some of the designers or brands that you look up to or closely follow and what about them do you like? Oh man, there's so many good people out there. I mean, I hate to uh, spend too much time on Instagram or, or Facebook or websites because it just so homogenizes kind of the world of design. But I mean, uh, you know, uh, as far as like if I'm if I'm talking about in the drink sphere of my creative design process, you know, you got the stranger and stranger people and the drinksology people, and then you got the solo practitioner people like Chad Michael, and then you got uh, people that are like uh, Josh Emmerich that are doing awesome stuff. Beer. Uh, there's so many great people out there. I mean, you can't really pinpoint anybody. Mm-hmm. So would you say the sort of the common theme there is people in the sort of beverage packaging space that you really like following? Uh, I don't necessarily only like to follow those, but I think those are the ones that are relative to the stuff that I end up doing. I mm-hmm. try... Um, you know, I try to really just look for place uh, design inspiration in the in the most uh, kind of disoriented of sectors from that uh, that area that I'm going to be in. If, I, if I'm you know going to old bookstores and I'm finding old uh, pieces of you know print that uh, catalog uh, you know some kind of weird stamp collection or or uh, military posters from the 50s or 40s or oh, I don't know. Cool. So uh, just digging and make, I guess the harder it is to find, the most rewarding it is for reference, if you will. Yep, definitely. I have recently enjoyed going through antique shops and seeing old packaging and old posters and you know, not even just the paperboard stuff, but even old fluorescent signs and, and things like that. You know, I really dig seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Brendan, can you tell us how you have utilized uh, print in your design career or any stories around print and packaging that you've interacted with? Uh, let's see. My, one of my first internships was at a printing press, and uh, this was, I guess, in 2000, I guess, 1999, 2000, and I was in charge of putting together the Duke. DuPont waterproofs, which are, uh, they're basically take the, uh, the press film and they would make like a color version of like your, your CMYK plates. Mm-hmm. And then I would line them up and kind of melt them together. So I got a kind of a, 
uh, an understanding of that from an early age and, you know, trapping and all those kind of things. And then I started doing uh, my own silkscreen posters with some friends here in town that had mm-hmm. a, a big uh, version of uh, a light table and, and uh, the uh, screens. And, you know, we would get these these old guys in the country to make us these giant, uh, you know, uh, 240 mesh screens and stuff that were, you know, four foot by three foot and we just make posters and you know just dabble and all that kind of stuff and then as i've gotten uh more into packaging just figuring out new processes uh be it you know um, tactile or or foil or embossing or or sculptural embossing just kind of bringing any of those kind of uh i guess uh, more um higher end kind of capabilities that these presses have Mm -hmm. uh to design is uh it's one of the more fulfilling things to see it in person, you know. So why is tangible print and packaging still important, still relevant? You know, there's only so much uh, satisfaction you can get by looking at something on your phone or on the screen. Mm-hmm. I think people really enjoy uh, having the, the keepsake nature of something that's in, in their hand, uh, something they can own, something they can put on the shelf, something that they can share with a friend personally. Um, you know, bring a nice bottle of uh, hooch to a party. Uh, you know, have a nice um, hang tag that that describes a product that's done in kind of a meticulous way, where uh, all everything is thought out from the from the characters and and how those are raised or embossed or you know, there, there's so many little things you can think about and do with printing these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I tend to favor the the spot colors and the, uh, the letter press and the kind of more, uh, tactile ways of printing, you know, and now you have such good things with digital. So, I mean, who knows what the future is going to hold. It's always exciting to try new tricks. For sure. I like how you said that, you know, how it's something you can hang on to and there's an appreciation for, you know, having something you can put on your shelf. Um, one of the previous guests actually mentioned that, um, you know, print is almost like a little piece of art. For sure. You can have and hang on to. Yeah, our uh, office is filled with it. <laughs> yeah, I can in see the, sort of behind you on the counter there, you've got some bottles with some nice labels and stuff. Yeah, it's. Uh, I see all these design studios and they're so clean. And, and then I think of our own place and <laughs> the place that I used to work. It's just a complete wreck. And, Does it you make know, you feel clients, like a hoarder? <laughs> yeah, these clients call you and you know, they're like, hey, I need this tomorrow or I need this you know, in a couple of days and you just don't have time to pick up or, you know, let alone, you know, do anything organization wise, mm-hmm. uh, just a stack of papers and a bunch of bottle samples and lots of print samples. And it's just a big mess over here. Yeah. But look at that's around, how we like man. it. Yeah. You can find inspiration in those quick glances all of a sudden, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, Brendan, the next couple of questions I have for you, take you down part of your career where you've likely learned some lessons, um, through making mistakes. And I want to pull those stories out and share those with the listeners. Um, what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Uh, I guess, uh, you know, there's two things, uh, two stories I can think about, you know, one was, uh, you know, joining the team here at Tilton being accountable for, uh, getting my own work for the first time. You know, I worked at another agency for 14 years where I was just handed projects and they were 
they were nice projects, but mm-hmm. I didn't really have to worry about budgets, estimates, uh, you know, contact with, you know, all the needs that had to do with the project. I was, you know, had a traffic manager. I had, uh, you know, basically everything that you would need to get the project besides the design. Now going to where I'm trying to solicit my own business to try to, uh, you know, kind of partner with other people to manage everything, um, you know, from the printer for the bottle sourcing, um, you know, that's been a learning curve, but, uh, I think I've, I've come along pretty good mm-hmm. after, you know, three or four years doing that. And then I guess the other thing that was a challenge was I got canned from my first job oh, as no. a, <laughs> yeah, as a designer, funny story. Um, the guy who canned me is actually one of my business partners now. So, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I guess he's, uh, he saw that uh, maybe I was uh, um, better than what he thought back then. I don't know. Okay, so can you take us back to that story a little bit and where set the scene? Where were you? Uh, how many? You know, how long had you been at this position? Was there a reason, a big mess up that got you canned? Or, uh, yeah, I guess uh, um, I was doing an ad, and this is back in I think two thousand one. I think flip phones were a really big thing. And uh, I remember it was this cheesy little magazine and it had like a, a flip phone and the flip phone was shooting a basket, uh, you know, and the headline said something like from downtown or across the country, you know, and it was a flip phone on the court shooting a basket, you know, kind of cheesy uh, ad. But I had written county in the ad. And this didn't even go to press, mind you. Yeah. This was, uh, I just wrote from downtown or across the county, and uh, the spell check didn't catch it because county is obviously a word everywhere but Louisiana. You know, we're in parishes over here. But uh, I think that, uh, I guess that was the final straw for whatever. And uh, those guys sat me down and were like, we're going to have to let you go. And kind of time stopped and I kind of blacked out a little bit. I was kind of <laughs> kind of surprised a little bit. But, you know, it kind of lit a fire under my butt and made me kind of want to be the best that I could. And I think that was probably a great thing that happened to me if I had to think about it. Okay. So how long were you at that place for before that happened? Oh, that was only for like three months. So. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And then you ended up being reconnected with – the person who let you go there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Baton Rouge is a pretty tiny town. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, although I don't know everybody in town, you know, some, I'm sure there's a lot of people that keep track of everybody who's here and, uh, designing and, you know, there's only so big of a labor pool, if you will. Uh, we have a you know, big university here, LSU and, you know, everybody seems like they've interned at, you know, three or four of these places, you know, throughout their college career and then they get a job and, Everybody knows each other. Um, so um, working at my previous agency for a long stint of 14 years, I guess I uh, you know, started doing some good work and got noticed. And you know, the once a year that we showed up to the local advertising awards or whatever, and they're like, whoa, Brendan uh, is making something decent or whatever. Um, <laughs> and then uh, after I kind of had risen so as far as I could at the previous company, um, uh, reached out um, to, uh, one of my buddies about starting my own thing. And he was like, man, you're thinking about, why don't you come over here? And I was like, wow, really? So it was kind of 
in shock uh, that they would want to just kind of open up the doors for me, if you will. And uh, did that. And one of the partners uh, was the, uh, the old guy that uh, let me go some, you know, 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was uh, it was pretty neat. So nice. So greeting with a handshake, and you just let them know that you learned a few things since. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's like a lifetime ago, fourteen years. You know, totally. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. Um, Brendan, what are you struggling with in your design career right now? Uh, oh man, time management for sure. Um, you know, just trying to go through all the emails and kind of organize. Uh, you know, what's the hottest when everything's hot? You know, uh-huh. uh, every, you know, in the beverage world. You know, wh- whether it's like kombucha or beer or or, you know, any of these things with kind of decent regional size brands and they want, you know, they got a sales meeting that's coming up in, uh, you know, Florida where they're, where they're going to pitch the whole group of people that are flying in and they're like, we got to have everything, you know, and, and then you also have your other products you're working on. So everything gets pushed and then, I don't know, you, you know what I'm talking about probably. It's totally. just, uh, so trying to balance fun. and prioritize. Yeah. So. And luckily, I have some great uh, teammates over here and, and good partners. And, and if it gets too heavy, you just say, man, can you help me out with this? And, you know, it all works out. That's great. That's awesome to have a supportive team. Yeah, for sure. That makes the world a difference. Okay, Brendan, I'm going to turn this bus around here for you. Yeah. I want you to take me to a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of. One that just makes your heart sing or maybe it's the biggest design feather in your cap. Oh, man. Um and really any packaging product that gets printed, I'm super proud of that, you know, that where the uh, client follows the directions of the proposed print job. Mm-hmm. You know, you always have those other jobs that turn out differently. And I guess we'll get to that later. But uh, I think, I guess, the first start to finish brand and uh, packaging product I did for Spirits was Bayou Rum. And after three years, they got bought out. So that was kind of a success story, if you will, to build a brand from nothing and to make it um, attractive enough for acquisition. You know, that's kind of uh, what a lot of people will strive to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also done that with Mouthy Gin, which is uh, another recent story where it got bought. Uh, you know, so basically making a brand that your client can really um, – it can do the work that you want it to do and sell and, and make a brand and make equity out of that brand mm-hmm. and be worth something that I guess is a good success to have. I like how you said that equity out of that brand. Yeah. Right. I guess that's the magic word when you're talking about, you know, investors and people wanting to start brands and this whole world of design more than just, you know, something pretty and something nice and, to kind of differentiate itself and have a place in the market where, where it uh, really resonates with consumers and sells product, you know, essentially. Totally. Yep. It has to resonate. Otherwise you're dead in the water. Um, Brendan, what is one design product tool website or community that you just can't live without? Uh, spell check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I, I use Illustrator pretty much for everything, uh-huh. uh, 80% of the time, and, you know, Photoshop. But uh, I guess, you know, the stuff that I, I guess 
just keeping your eyes open no matter where you're at, really, because you never know where inspiration's going to come. If it's if it's going to be graffiti in a bathroom stall to, you know, uh, seeing an old washed out brick uh, sign on an old building downtown that, that the vines just fell off of and revealed to you. I mean, you never know where you're going to see something that's going to stir a little fire and make you think of something that's going to be relevant to the project you're working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. Do you have any sort of productivity or, or organizational hacks or strategies or programs or how do you keep track of everything? Uh, I mean, my projects usually start with a mood board. I try to set the tone design-wise to kind of, you never know what kind of taste your client has. So um, we tend to start with a mood board and we tend to pick examples of, you know, things that we think are aesthetically pleasing. So we're not going to show something that we wouldn't be uh, proud of the client going down that road. Uh, Kind of set the set the standard, if you will. We don't want to have anything that's, you know, old school to, to like, you know, uh, I don't know, not flattering, good, bad design. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to keep the styles current. We want to keep everything uh, kind of, I guess, you know, like a, like a cow running through a, a cow garden, kind of put them in the chute, kind of uh, setting the expectations of like, we're going to go through one of these 10 things and all the 10 things are good. But um, I'm kind of rambling here. Uh, and then we, you know, once we get some feedback on, on the client, uh, you know, from a mood board, then we'll try to create a narrative or something that kind of builds a familiarity between potential consumer, kind of set a story, do a lot of white paper concepting, or we're thinking about verbiage, thinking about names, thinking about all the things that will help resonate uh, a story or something besides just visual equity mm-hmm. in the project. And then after those things are solved, then we'll get to the paper, we'll get to the sketchbook. Start, yeah, then uh, you, you get know. to that point. But there's so much like initial uh, homework and research to do to make sure you are on the right path. Exactly, exactly. It's, uh, it's hard to explain, but I think you got it. Perfect, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a road and it's not a straight one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Brendan, you've reached the ask it forward question. This is the part of the show where I have a question for you that wasn't part of the sort of question document that, um, I'm going to ask you and you have an opportunity to ask a question of the next guest. You can ask them anything. Um, so my previous guest was Hank Washington and he's a designer and illustrator out of Birmingham, Alabama. And he wanted to ask, what is the most uncomfortable design decision you have had to make? And what was the outcome? Uncomfortable design decision. I mean, I guess like turning down a project, you know, when you, when you get forced into something that you totally don't agree with or uh, aesthetic wise, you're just, you just conflict with the, the client so much where you don't agree with where they want to take it that you just you just kind of bow out gracefully you're like okay uh you know you kind of point them to a direction like hey these guys might be able to help you a little bit better than i can or i guess really it, it gets down to a point of do i really need to do this work luckily we've been doing uh some pretty fun work here at tilt and we're not totally struggling i mean it's you know we always we don't turn down work typically, uh, but people that 
seek us out tend to know what kind of stuff we bring to the table, what kind of sectors we play in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes that doesn't that doesn't uh, get across, and you get clients, and you're just kind of like, nah, I think uh, I think I'll pass on this. Yeah, so where, you, where you sort of know early on it's not a fit. Yeah, I guess that would be my answer. Got it. And do you have any specific stories? Um, you know, you don't have to name clients, but where you did turn it down and you saw what the outcome of that decision was? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all the time you see, uh, you know, so we'll do a lot of local. Uh, I think we have, you know, Louisiana is not a big state. And we'll, we have um, breweries and distilleries here. And, you know, you don't want to take too many clients in the same sector in the same location, especially if they're regionally. So, you know, you've, you've had people that come in and they're like, I like the design you did for this brand and they're like we want something just like that and you're like no i cannot (laughs) do something just like what we did for another brand and give it to you in the same location so you're like and then you you see them like hard-headedly try to do that with somebody else and it comes out and you're just like no and i guess that would be the example that i can think of without yeah so it almost like gives you that feeling of oh thank gosh yeah (laughs) thank goodness we turned away that one Uh uh-huh all right, Brendan, what is your ask it forward question? Uh, ask it forward question. I guess uh, what is the most unlikely place of inspiration you have found for a, a project? And what I mean is when I was talking earlier about finding inspiration on the bathroom stalls or, you know, let's say that you saw something there and that made you think of something that you put on like a cologne bottle or something and it's totally out of place. Like what is you know, there's a big wide world of inspiration out there. And sometimes you see stuff in the most random places and then it inspires you. And that's kind of a butterfly effect that trickles down to something else. And what is that thing that was so unexpected yet so impactful for your design project? And where did that come from? Awesome. So what is the most unlikely place you have found design inspiration? Yep, exactly. Beautiful. Really well said. Brendan, that is the end of the Quickie Podcast, man. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. If you haven't had the chance yet, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review for the show. I would really appreciate it. Thanks. Have an awesome day, and we'll see you tomorrow.